This is the DNA of the most dangerous creature in the universe. What? It's been buried on Earth since the ninth century. Run! It's not going to stop until it's taken control of this planet. It's going to kill anyone that gets in its path. What does it mean? Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and you are joining us on our very first recording of 2019. Even as we are recording, it is January the 3rd. And who are we? I am again, Kyle Jones, and joining me on this podcast, let's go first with Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? Huh? What? What? Oh. What year is it, I'm, Lee? Where yeah, are you? Is this, what year is this? It's yes. it's twenty five thirty four exactly. Oh boy, yeah. And uh, and apes uh, rule the earth, right? Ah, yes. Or, Didn't you know? Have I, I got my franchises mixed up? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I'm great. Uh, glad to glad to see twenty nineteen and uh, uh, greetings to all our fans. Indeed, indeed. And if you are listening to us for the first time, we are glad you are here. And if you have been listening to us from the very beginning, welcome back and welcome to another episode. And yeah. who else is joining us on this podcast? Clarence Brown. Clarence, how goes it? Going great, man. And I'll just echo some of the things you guys said. Um Thanks to any of the new listeners who may be joining in with us, as well as the people who stuck with us all through 2018. Um, it's been fun, and thank you for riding along. Of course, we're going to be covering our review of the episode that aired on New Year's Day. But after that, we will be starting with Series 3 with Martha Jones, and we will be reviewing Smith and Jones. During Series 3, we will have Nicole from the Terminus podcast, the Terminus Doctor Who podcast, back with us. So can't wait to have Nicole again. Yes, yes, certainly. And as we, uh, you know, dive into Series 3 with Freema, um, it, it makes me think, like, it would be nice to have a conversation of kind of where are they now, maybe in a after show or something talk about oh, some wow. of the companions and where they end up after they leave doctor Who, or maybe even some of the doctors as well i think that could be interesting mm -hmm. you, oh. you mean the actors or the the, the actors yeah, not the characters <laughs> yeah, definitely the actors you know you get left out on the street somewhere you know and just All right yeah <laughs> yeah just like you know and they don't get taken home in the right place or they just run off and say i can't do this anymore and all sorts That's of things. Right. We do have a little bit of news. So I want to cover one thing in the news. Our friends at BlockerWho.com have reported that classic Doctor Who will return to Twitch on the 5th of January 2019. And it will run streaming classic Doctor Who episodes through the 25th of January. And it begins, of course, with the first Doctor and ending with the seventh Doctor. So I have a question for you guys. Now, Clarence, I know you use Twitch, but did either of you catch last year any of the episodes that aired on Twitch? I, I did not. So uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying it this time. And I guess by the time this episode goes out, we'll be in the first Doctor Adventures. Mm, so, probably so. Yeah, I guess so. Clarence? 
No, no, neither did I. I did not catch oh, any catch good. any of them. But the thing that kind of jumps out to me is, of course, it's cool to go on there and see the episodes. But we're kind of in this phase where we want this on demand. I want to start from the beginning of the episode. This is too much like normal television to me. I just got to jump in and see what's playing mm-hmm. when they play it. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I'll definitely check it out, though. <laughs> so, so I did check it out. And I I had to stop myself because... I was going to come across, if I started chatting, I knew I was going to come across as the obnoxious Doctor Who fan because there were people making comments or uh, comments is the only way I could, you know, well, that's what it was. You know, it was a conversation, comments in, in the chat. And some of the items that people were talking about, they were getting wrong, especially with the classic stuff. I was like, okay, I can't go on because I'm going to come off as a complete, you know what? Because I want, I just wanted to say, okay, no, 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 you're not right about this. Cow, cow, cow. One should always just be themselves, you know. No, well, that's yeah. true. <laughs> but no, I, I know what you're talking about. Um, I I was following sort of the social media coverage of the show running on Twitch. So even though I wasn't seeing the shows, I was reading what people were saying about it. And, yeah, there were a lot of people who'd never seen Classic Who before who were just uh, – they ranged from the scornful to the completely captivated. But something that Ian says in his adventures with the first Doctor, he, he says – I wish I could remember the line exactly now, but he says something like, I hope we can get back to London in 1965. And for some reason, that just seems to have charmed all the people who'd never seen the show before. They just love the idea that what this guy wants more than anything is to is to be there 50 years ago. <laughs> so that that became something that people re- were repeating. And then now there's products out there that people are, you know, uh, cafe pressing or whatever that say, I hope we can get to London in 1965. <laughs> Completely out of context. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, you know, they may not have gotten to 1965, but I guarantee you – Unless something happens, we will make, maybe not all of us, but at least some of us from this podcast will make it to Pensacon in Pensacola, Florida, February the 22nd through the 24th, 2019. Why is that? Well, for me in particular, there are Doctor Who guests, and those guests include Colin Baker, Peter Davison, Catherine Tate, and the one and the only Alex Kingston. Yeah, you know she's old enough to be your grandfather, don't you? And the one and the only <laughs> Alex Kingston, or better, you know, or her real name, River Song. So <laughs> that's oh. her real name. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if oh, anyone I... listening wants to find out more about Pensacon, please go to Pensacon dot com. Since we mentioned Pensacon, I think it would be doing us a disservice not to say coming up May 3rd through the 5th, 2019, none other than Hulanta in Atlanta, Georgia. And if you want to find out more about Hulanta, you can do that at Hulanta.com. So, Lee, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you had a shout out that you wanted to do regarding one of our listeners. So how about sharing that? Yeah, I I just wanted to say a, a special New Year's hello to our faithful listener, Chris Temby, who um, often comments on things that we're doing on the show. Um, uh, Chris writes to us on our Facebook page and so on. And uh, he's always very, uh, very pithy, very sensitive and, and uh, 
I don't know, I just always think has very wise things to say. So I was pleased, especially when he wrote a few days ago, um, I'm paraphrasing the beginning, but I'll quote the rest. He said that it's it's great that uh, there are folks like Kyle, Clarence, and Lee who shining a light and speaking truth to power so we can encourage others to the better doctors of their nature. And he closes by saying, there's always hope. So that's what he's taken away from the podcast, and that, that makes me uh, feel like what we're doing is worthwhile. So so cool. thanks for that. To, yeah, thanks for that wow. ray of sunshine there, Chris. I really that is awesome. That. Yeah. Cool. I mean, seriously, because – I enjoy talking to with you guys, but I, I, I just that 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 just made my day. So thank you. I appreciate you yeah. sharing that. Isn't it great that we're not just wasting our time here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Yeah. Talking about Doctor Who, how could you be wasting your time? Exactly. Nah, uh, we do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. So guys, I don't have any other news, and unless you guys do, I think it's time to get into the actual review. What do you say? Are we sounding the spoiler warning then? Oh, you would that be the spoiler warning with the one and the only River Song? Yeah. All right. Well, if that be the case, if you have not seen Resolution, which is the recent January the 1st, 2019 episode of Doctor Who, put us on pause. Go watch the episode because from henceforth, Spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. So the spoiler warning has gone out, and on this episode, we are reviewing Resolution. Resolution is the one and only episode of Doctor Who in 2019, and it aired again on the 1st of January 2019 on BBC One in the UK and on BBC America in the US. According to BlockterWho.com, they report that overnight viewing figures are at 5.15 million in the UK. This is down 3% from the Battle of Ransor of Kolos, which was the finale of Series 11, and it is down 9% compared to twice upon a time. But those are the overnights. Those are it's the only, overnights. But it's only been two days since the episode aired. Those are right. So what do y'all think? What do you what what are your initial thoughts other than yes that is the overnight, but it's yeah. down compared to twice upon a time, which I mean that's a big nine percent. Mm-hmm. Any any thoughts on what that might be? I just think it's way too soon to tell. I think yeah. Moving from uh, Christmas to New Year's has uh, sort of discombobulated some folks. And uh, um, and I think the majority of people who are going to see this episode are people who were not watching it on the BBC. So, you know, it's it's I, I've just been seeing a lot of, of uh, the, the haters of this season who are crowing about the fact that these numbers were under six million. And those are the overnights. It's just it's a it's a completely irrelevant argument. Let's wait until all the numbers are in, because I think it's going to be a big one. I think it's I think it's going to end up being a, a big audience. Yeah. And um, and maybe for, you know, having it on a Christmas day, you can make it more of an appointment viewing. You have your family and friends around. So, yes. I don't know, maybe that makes a bit of a difference from having it be more of an event to share with you know, maybe people who are not Whovians. I'm winking at my brother who I may watch with me a couple of years ago. So, <laughs> so, so, I mean, that could be a slight difference. 
the fact that it's not on a family day because, you know, on New Year's Day, you're kind of hungover and I don't know. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think you hit it, Clarence, and because that was exactly what I was thinking in that on Christmas Day, you, you have the family thing. You know, you're 100 percent right there. But on Christmas Day after the day after Christmas, you also have people who are off work that day. Chances are, like most of us on the day after New Year's, we're back to, you know, school. We're back to work. We're back to whatever it is, uh, and to the daily grind. And maybe some of the people that might have been watching it a week prior were washing clothes or doing whatever it might have been to meet, you know, not have that a time to immediately set down a Another interesting figure that goes along with what Lee says in regards to, you know, it's just the general overnight, the return of Luther on the BBC with Idris Elba had a similar five point something rating. So television ratings were down across the board for New Year's, not necessarily because it was Doctor Who. Right. So. Question, what did you guys think about not having our opening credits again? Or did you even notice that we didn't have opening credits? <laughs> well, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of conditioned about things like that. So I was waiting and I, I was waiting for the moment where we might, you know, treat you know, everything up to that point as a teaser and go into it. And it just never came, you know, so I just um, but yeah, it didn't bother me. Mm. Clarence, yeah, what I, about you? I totally did not notice it. I did initially say to myself, oh, a cold open, you know, we went right mm-hmm. to it. But then I never noticed that the intro never came. So I'm just I'm just hearing that now. or figuring it out now. You said again. When did it happen before? Uh, the woman who fell to earth. Ah, OK. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It had the title sequence at the end instead. Yeah. You know, I I noticed it at the very beginning because I was waiting for it and I noticed it wasn't there. And I was mm-hmm. like what Clarence said, you know, the ooh, cold open. And then about 10 minutes into it, I said, hey, the um, uh, it didn't come, did it? And, and yeah. you know, and I was like, did wow, I miss it? Yeah. Did I miss it? Did I did you know, did I like have a blackout there? And no, I didn't. It never came. So. I, I hope this isn't a trend. I don't like not having my opening. I don't know. It's a, spe- it's a special occasion, you know, a special episode. So I don't know. Maybe you can do things a little bit differently. Uh, maybe so. Maybe so. So let's give a overview of, you know, before we get into the details, just a summary of what you thought. And Lee, I'll let you start with this one. What did you think just for the big picture of this story? Did you like it? I did. I really enjoyed it. Liked everything about it, really. Ah, so there you go. Cool, Clarence. What about you? Um, I think I, I think I had fun with it. I think I enjoyed it. Had some very uh, touching moments in it. Um, I liked how um, we kind of didn't have a Dalek, but really have had a Dalek for most of the episode. And I guess we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really loved it. I thought it was good. Cool, what about you, Cal? 
I actually loved it. I really, really liked this episode. And uh, we'll get into it more. But uh, let me say that again. I really, really <laughs> liked this episode. I mean, hands down. I just, oh, I just love this episode. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I was going to say there's, uh, we'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Well, why don't we just start at the beginning and let's just kind of run through it since we're, and since we are, we're, we're all sitting here saying we'll get to it. Let's just start at the beginning and kind of go through it. And so I'll start us off and by saying this episode begins. We've got three custodians. And each of them are carrying a part of something because, you know, unless we knew that the Daleks were returning, we didn't immediately know, you know, hey, it's a Dalek. So there's something that they have separated and that they are taking to different places across the earth. But one of them is failed by a random arrow. So as a setup goes, I thought this was quite interesting, kind of a take on a random event, particularly how what might be intended doesn't necessarily happen simply because something totally random happened. So curious to know what you guys thought about how they devoted time to showing these three custodians and then that random event. I was curious as you what your thoughts might be. So Clarence, why don't you take this one? I really liked that opening, but it felt kind of forgettable (laughs) by the end of the episode. Uh, I do say it may be a bit far-fetched that people would be standing guard for all these, what's the 6th century or the ninth century? The ninth century, right. Yeah. It's been more than a thousand years that they've been. Yeah, so they're standing guard in remote places on an island in what uh, uh, shoot the North Pole or whatever it was. Yeah. It seemed like a very Somewhere cold place. Oh, what the, one was in the South Pacific and one's in, um, in Siberia. Yeah. Ah. So, <laughs> and so, the other one was just in Sheffield. Right. So, so how the, all those people got together in the first place is not explained. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the ninth century, but yeah, I, I, I like the maybe playful, not playful. I like the, it seems like they went big with that. They were trying to go for something big, this mm. big grand thing that is earth changing. Yeah. I kind of like that. But again, like I said, it was kind of forgettable after we left those initial minutes of the episode. What about you, Lee? What did you think? I really I, I liked that aspect of it, but I I, I did have like I said I I I, I like the idea that uh, uh, warring human factions got together to fight a common foe. But we are asked to believe that in the ninth century there were there was a war I guess in England that involved uh, people <laughs> who would be from you know from future Russia and from the South Pacific. Um, I kind of call no way on that, but. Um, and also, they buried their these things that they need to get rid of. They buried them about eighteen inches deep in the earth, which uh, I, I wondered. <laughs> uh, don't you want to do a deep, deeper hole in that? But you know, so that bothered. And actually, it just this minute hit me as we're talking about it. The reason why this uh, the, the the this third of a Dalek uh, becomes a problem is because the highwayman or whatever shot this guy. Uh, and so later we find his bones and we find the Dalek. Well, wouldn't you have done that anyway? Mm. Well, what does it matter that he didn't get to his destination? We, it's, it's not essential for the story. So it really has nothing to do with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's just made for this grand epic opening as well. It did. Yeah. yeah. And I like. I like the production value of that. Yeah, I did. It really looked exciting. See, you guys actually looked at it 
as the story aspect, I guess I'm going to take the shallow end and kind of follow up on what Clarence just said. I didn't look at it from the story of where the three people were from. I was sitting there thinking, oh, wow, you have a new lens and you're really showing it off this year. You yeah. know, the, the different style and the. Oh, no, uh, there's that too, you know, as well. You know, and that, that was what I saw from it. But, but now what I did find interesting of, and again, it was another, um, visual image of how it goes from, you know, this body to this archaeology, you know, this dig, this with mm-hmm. the archaeologist and we meet, uh, Mitch and we meet Lynn. So I thought that was a good transition between the two. I love that dissolve. Yeah, love that slow dissolve to the skeletons. So we see the scene change, and it goes to what I'm going to call cosmic fireworks. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to actually shock you guys on something. I think the TARDIS interior appeared larger, and I think that it looked better than what Mm -hmm. it did. That struck me, too, that it seemed like when you shoot it from the door, it all looks bigger. It looks roomier. Uh, for one thing, I keep saying I wish we could go down a, go down a corridor off the control room and we could see that, uh, that, uh, exit from the control room, uh, lit maybe for the first time. So yes. you could, you could really tell that there is a, a, you know, <laughs> there is, there is a door that goes down to their bedrooms or whatever, wherever the toilet is on the thing. So I wonder, was that, did they change something in reaction to fan feedback? Uh, maybe not. But, I don't uh, think so. Yeah. Well, it does seem like it was just shot differently because there's this one one of the the qualms I had actually there's this one shot of the pulsating um column in the middle of the console mm-hmm. and it, I don't know if you guys noticed it but at the top of the columns that are around the console the little ends like move up and down with the pulsating uh, co- column in the middle of the console. When I saw that, I was like, that is horrible. Okay. <laughs> you said I that was horrible. Really? Yes. <laughs> Cause you want to know something? You like that. Yes. <laughs> oh God. And I didn't notice it. So. It's like uh, somebody's mo- winking their finger, like moving their finger. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that is so cool. It's actually, it's actually moving with the column. That is actually oh, cool. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is too funny. Okay then. <laughs> Oh, that is too funny. But yeah, I really did. That was actually one of the things that I liked about the new interior. I was like, I wish I could have seen that the last time. <laughs> that is too funny. So um why don't we move on to Lynn and Mitch? So they're our two archaeologists. And I found it really interesting that they spent so much time developing the discussion about them having a kiss on New Year. What did you guys think of that? Well, I, I completely loved it. One of my favorite things in all of New Who is the uh, the couple who are flirting with each other um, on um, the space station in um, the last two episodes of the Ninth Doctor's time. And uh, this seemed like a sort of an expanded version of that, that we were thinking these two are never going to get together. And, and again, it's because of the Daleks. And uh, this one ends happier than that one did. But uh, I, I really like that. And and there's sort of a, a sideways joke maybe uh, here, too, that we've we've referred to the TV series Call the Midwife. And Lynn is Charlotte Ritchie, who is one of the stars of Call the Midwife. So uh-huh. uh, a lot of people would get that. She was Barbara, Call gotcha. the Midwife. Anyway, but um, 
so Clarence, what did you think of Lynn's uh, and Mitch's introduction? And let's kind of move on also into discovering the uh, squid-like creature and Lynn going to investigate. What did you? What were your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the initial inter- introduction with those two talking definitely um, shows that they have a connection. Shows that they're bonding. Which to me, it just made me feel like, oh, something's going to happen to one of them, you know. <laughs> so I, I found that really sweet, um, really good point to get us connected to those characters and get us vested in them. So I really like that. On the part of the squid-like creature, I'm holding quotes in the air. Um, uh, it, it never touched something that looks creepy. I'm sorry. I have to say <laughs> it. Why would you touch it? Ooh. Everybody on this show does it. Don't touch it. Yeah. Run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't we say this back in the woman who fell to earth? <laughs> Ryan, don't put your finger yeah, on exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, jeez. Yeah, of course the doctor always does. She'll put her finger on. <laughs> so so let me ask you guys, when did you realize or at what point did you realize that the Dalek had actually taken control of Lynn? Uh, uh I want to say right away because I assumed that's what was going to happen. But hmm. I love you? the fact that we got yeah. – No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I love the fact that we got Charlotte Ritchie's voice and uh, uh, Nicholas Briggs's voice together always. I thought that was cool. What about you, Clarence? When did you realize that the Dalek had taken control? Oh, man. I, I don't think I knew it until they made it kind of obvious. Now, she was acting funny. I knew she was acting mm-hmm. funny, but – uh, I didn't realize it because the Dalek was latched on to her back and controlling her. So, yeah. What about you, man? Yeah, for me, I knew something was wrong or I started suspecting something was wrong uh, when she was sitting in the car. And, you know, I think after they spent so much time giving this back and forth of discussing a kiss and then she goes from that to being almost – you know, cut off and cold to him. I was like, okay, something yep. is wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kyle, why so, can't they talk about their kiss, man? When two people meet and they <laughs> fall in love, yeah. and just eyes connect. Uh, it's something special, man. Yeah, but there's nothing, <laughs> and, and, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm but just, on the flip of that, you don't just you be so en- enamored and full of emotion and hormones and whatever, and then just cut all of that off. Right. You know, so. So it it helped for us to establish what she's really like so that we could understand that her behavior has changed. Yeah. So we needed all that to to set it up. That's true. Yes. So as she is going to look for the squid, uh, we'll keep calling it that, we see the TARDIS materialize and the doctor and the fam step out. And curious as to your thoughts on number one, the scarf, and number two, just the interaction that the team had with Mitch at the very beginning. So, uh, Lee, I, I think I'll let you take this, uh, or was it, well, I'm just gonna, I don't remember, so whoever wants <laughs> to take this one, take this one. I, I really enjoyed the all of the TARDIS materializations in, in this episode. We very often throughout the series we kind of get the feeling that we're going to try to um, land on the QT, you know, that we're going to kind of show up on the down low and and not make a big deal. 
I mean, it, it is supposed to be a disguise, even though it's not one that works anymore. But, um, but yeah, that that pretense is just completely thrown away in this in this special. We just show up right in front of people. So there's Mitch with his with his jaw hanging open, <laughs> and then they do it to him again. <laughs> so anyway, so I really enjoyed that. What about you, Clarence? No, I just totally agree with what Lee just said. They it was kind of a running joke in this episode. Yeah. I mean, even <laughs> even to Ryan's father, they killed uh-huh. <laughs> even, even what uh they played it up uh with Ryan's father. Um so I thought that was that was really funny as well with Graham kind of introducing <laughs> this coming, you know. Exactly. Like this, yeah, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, yeah, I love their running joke. It was pretty great. <laughs> well, I loved when, you know, they, they appeared. I, lo- I still like how the, the new way it materializes, how that looks. I really, really like that. The thing in those scenes or that part of the story right there that, that really stands out to me was when we're talking about, you know, everybody has to touch something. And I think, uh, uh, Lee, you're the one that said this. The doctor has to go and touch you know, whatever the goo is that that is left. And when she was asking for somebody to go get a container, I was like, please, please, please don't taste it. I know you're about to taste it. Please don't taste it. <laughs> I I had the same thought. I thought she's yeah. going to put that finger in her mouth. I just, uh, I was like, please don't. No, please don't. Yeah. I also think these opening scenes was a good uh, example of Yaz being utilized with her cop skills, you know, when she yeah. leads them kind of out of the Tomo K, whatever it was, mm-hmm. sewer. <laughs> but she she let them out. Okay, yeah, it's just putting her putting her skills to good use. And I always mm-hmm. love when they use her uh, in her little cop mode. I call it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she's she's showing them skills. And have you ever noticed? You brought up an interesting point. Have you ever noticed she is the one the doctor gives the we need an authority figure. Go do it. It's you know not. There's no. Well, you know, Yaz, you need to do this and you need to act like this and you need to do this. It's Yaz, go handle this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mentioned that when in the, uh, the witch finders that even though they are two women in that culture, you know, the doctor says we need somebody to go interrogate them. Yaz. Yes. And just sort of points in that direction because she knows that's the right person to send on that job. So let's go for a moment back to Sheffield and let's go specifically to Graham's house. And of course, as the TARDIS materializes, it materializes on his chair, breaks his chair. <laughs> so they come out and one of the funniest scenes to me of the entire episode was the doorbell and the doctor saying, is that your intruder alert? Yes. So <laughs> curious. Well, is it mine? Or is it mine? Yes. <laughs> and then someone, of course, tells her that it's the doorbell and, you know, we see Graham go to the door and come back immediately after shutting the door. When did you guys know that it was Ryan's dad? And, uh, Clarence, why don't you take this one first? No, not in. I mean, I knew it had, at first I thought maybe they, um, they went to the wrong time and maybe it was Grace. That's, that was my first thought. Um, hmm. but of course, you know, we find out it's Ryan's dad, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and, and Graham having the obvious, you know, reaction to seeing Ryan's dad, you know, he was he was pretty pissed. Yes. So what about you, uh, Lee? What did you think? I didn't I didn't get it until um, uh, Aaron came in and identified himself. Um, 
But I love the setup. This is somebody that Graham did not want to talk to. That uh, little sequence I've, is already a, a GIF or GIF that I've seen out there on the social media already. Just of Graham opening the door. Nope. Slam. That <laughs> <laughs> didn't take him any time. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you know, I I was not expecting Ryan's dad. And again, you know, this is part of what I keep saying, one of my favorite parts of the, the episode. When... Ryan's dad comes in. The doctor says, hi, Ryan's dad, not hi, Aaron, not yeah. hi, uh, who are you? It's hi, Ryan's dad. And then the doctor immediately says, I think what we were all thinking. And uh, I'm curious to know what you guys thought of how the doctor had that first interaction with Aaron. Curious. So either one of you, what, what were your thoughts on that particular interaction? Oh man, you might have to enlighten me. I don't remember in particular. She just was a little, uh, I'm not going to say pissed, but I think they all kind of pissed at him, you know? Oh, yeah. If <laughs> I know, remember right, the doctor's first words to him were, you didn't go to Grace's funeral. Right. Exactly. I you mean, let, hello, you let, you not, let Ryan down. Yeah. Not, yeah. not hello. How are you? I'm the doctor. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's sort of continuous with, with the doctor that we've known since 1963. You know, the, the doctor knows people in terms of what they mean to the doctor. You know, that's, yeah. that's why, that's why, uh, the doctor called, uh, uh Amy and Rory the pawns. You know, yeah. they, they were, they were never the Williamses, you know, <laughs> so that's just not. <laughs> Good point. Good yeah. point. Now, the doctor makes a comment and I'm curious if you guys, uh, Pick that up. There was something about like someone said that's just how dads are, and the doctor says dads are. So I've heard. So I've heard. Yes. So Lee, what yeah. did you think about that? Well, we we've gotten a lot of things like that uh, this season. Um, and this episode also mentions that the doctor briefly had two heads. So uh, we we don't. Mm, I don't know how much of this to take seriously or not. Um, I think sometimes the doctor pulls, pulls our leg, um, our collective leg, but yeah, that does sort of sound like the doctor never had a father. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> hmm. Clarence, what about you? Because I actually, I don't have a theory, but someone told me yeah. a theory that I'm yeah. going to repeat. So, uh, I'm curious though, Clarence, what you think <laughs> before I go there? Neither do I really. Um, Trying to think from the past episodes what that might mean. Um, does it mean that he didn't have a father or maybe he was a bad father or wasn't a, or the doctor? I'm not going to say he <laughs> wasn't a good, a good father. I don't know. Um, well, doctor's daughter, that's what I think of that episode. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And if but, the doctor has a granddaughter, he would have had to have had a daughter or a son. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that uh, that's never been explored or explained. So. Okay, so someone told me a theory, and I'm going to repeat it, which is the Doctor's father, and I may be uh, breaking Doctor Who uh, lore and canon here, but what if the Doctor's father was Rassilon? Hmm. Okay. That would be a good um, example, maybe, of a bad father. That could explain how the woman in white in the end of time was standing behind Rassilon in, mm-hmm. uh, in that scene. And it could also be why the doctor 
was called to the tomb of Rassilon and the five doctors. So just just throwing that out there for what it's worth. So there we go. Mm, Kyle, what, what if the doctor's uh, father was a nobody, was a drunkard, or it was just nobody? And okay. I'm sorry, that's a, that's a bad Last Jedi joke. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> nobody's going to get it. <laughs> you know, I, I knew exactly I where it. you were. I got it. I knew exactly where you were going. Uh, th- that would be fine with me because the doctor is still the doctor. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> totally fine with that. And Ray is still Ray. So let's go back real quick to Aaron. And he says, and again, one of my favorite scenes, this whole sequence, where he says, I just wanted me and him to be a family again. And uh, Graham responds by saying, family isn't about just DNA or a name. It's about what you do. And you've not done enough. Did you guys feel bad for Ryan's dad at this point? Or were you still in the audience? Like, I, I didn't feel bad for him at this point. I was like, give him everything he deserves. So did you guys feel the same? Or were you having a little bit more coming around to trying to understand who Aaron really was. No, I was like, give it to him. He deserves it. Um, you know, speaking personally, I would want to be my kids every moment I could or can, you know? So the fact that he's away, um, I guess on an oil rig somewhere, um, not really caring about Ryan's life. That just puzzles me from, you know, a parental standpoint, me being a father as well. So, you know, I, I know that he went through a pretty severe event having his wife die and that may have weighed on him. But still, you know, he has this little one he needs to take care of. And it goes back to the point of Ryan with um, what's the girl in the cabin? I can't remember her name. Uh, making that comment that, you know, the, the father's away. So what? You know, <laughs> Ryan doesn't care. He, he, he thinks it's or at least he comes off as that being a normal thing because of the the situation that he's been in. You know, so I don't know. Give it to Aaron. He deserves it. Um, <laughs> what about you? So what about you, um, Lee? What did you think? Oh, uh, it's all in Ryan's speech. I mean, that this is a great moment for, for Tossin Cole as an actor and for Ryan as a character. You, you could tell that he has been waiting to say this to his father. And now's the time. And he's got it all ready. And he gives it all to him, you know, uh, both barrels. So let's move uh, into that. So, yeah, so let's yeah. talk about that speech in the coffee shop. So, you know, Lee, you brought it up. So tell us what, what was your takeaway, you know, other than what you just said about the, <laughs> but, but with what he actually said and what the father then replies back. Curious as your thoughts. I wondered if he was going to say, I couldn't say it any better than you just did, but I'll try. You know, that, that's the moment I was waiting for, for him to say, uh, first, you're right. I'm sorry. And I did, you know, but, um, but instead he goes, he kind of goes the other way. And, and I think that that's sort of the point where I got fully on board with, yeah, you're never going to be, you're never going to be this guy's father. So mm. I don't know. I really want to see it again. I want to see that. I want to see that speech again, because I found it very moving, but I don't remember it. So I don't remember the details. So did you take a, did you take away that he was genuine or did you take away that he was just brushing him off. I couldn't tell. I thought that's what was interesting. I thought this is a moment to be really genuine and it didn't happen. So I thought, is this guy, is he, is he playing some kind of a long con? Hmm. That, that's sort of what the microwave oven things seem to be about is that, you know, what, what is he, why is he going around trying to sell this sort of door to door? 
why has he turned back up now? Does he need Ryan for something? So mm. that's what I was waiting to get to. What do you need Ryan for? Yeah. I think the microwave was meant to make it seem like he just had another harebrained scheme to get rich from or something, you know, kind yeah. of make him seem a little bit uncom- incompetent. You know, I, I think that's what and, and of course, the obvious point at the end. But I think it was meant to maybe give him a car salesman vibe. No offense to the car salesman out there. That's right. Uh, <laughs> well, you see, now we've lost the value of car salesman <laughs> demographic that we've been hoarding. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, but but you know I, I think I think Aaron was I think maybe he was genuine in his attempt. Uh, what I think of is when maybe a guy and his gal um, have a falling out and he doesn't know how to you know rectify the situation. Uh, nothing he says you know, is right. You know, what What do I have to say to, 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 to make you believe me? You know, and that's what I kind of felt from Aaron. Yeah. So here's, here's what I got from it. I thought that this was one of the best performances that Tossin Cole did for the entire series 11, because he came across very matter of fact, but there was also like this, for me, there was this hint of vulnerability that, that was totally in the moment, totally in the, everything that he said to him. Now, when Aaron began responding, my first thought was, you're being just a little bit cocky, and am I fixing to really dislike you? But I took what he said more so as someone who didn't know what to do and didn't know how to do. And I'm not saying that's right, or I'm not saying, and I'm not giving a pass for that by any means whatsoever. But there's a line that he says, you run because you are too ashamed to make it right. And that's what I did. And I thought at that moment of him being not Ryan's dad, but him being Grace's son and thought of it from the perspective of him not being Ryan's dad and him being Ryan's mom's husband, and thought of it from the perspective, this guy may not be strong for whatever reason. Again, not saying that he gets a buy there, but maybe he just wasn't strong, and he couldn't cope, and so he ran. And by the time he said, I was wrong, he just kept running. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you can get so far down the the rabbit hole that that you don't think there's any way that you can climb out. You know, it's been too long. I've done too much, you know, and it's hard to come back from that. And what I take away from that is, especially in this episode, as long as you're still breathing, (laughs) uh, there's a chance to make things right. And I think he's really trying here, even though maybe it doesn't come off as genuine as we would like it to. Agreed. Agreed. So let's kind of change the subject real quick and let's talk about the interaction between the TARDIS, I mean, excuse me, between the Dalek and Lynn. I've seen this question posed on social media and I don't know the exact answer myself. So I want you guys to help me out. The question is, has a Dalek ever possessed a human before in this fashion and i'm going to say no curious do you guys agree yes no (laughs) explain 
<laughs> yes, I agree. No, they haven't. Got you. Okay. I really don't think so. Yeah. Um, I, I, as a fan of the classic series, two of my favorite things in, of 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 all classic Who is Dalek jumping on the Doctor in uh, Genesis of the Daleks, and then one uh, killing somebody uh, in Resurrection of the Daleks. Um, two Dalek stories that I like, and that's the only reason I can remember their names. But um, I have I, I realize as time goes has gone by that I'm a lot more interested in the mutants inside the the cases than I am in the the pepper pot things that most people think of when they say the Daleks. Um, and I know they're the one of the icons of the show, and that's why so many people were saying they've ruined the show because they don't have the Daleks in it. Um, but I've 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 always thought the Daleks were kind of a mistake. And I think even the show itself has sort of repented of the Daleks from time to time said, we got to come up with something else because the Daleks are kind of a stupid idea. But, um, but the, the brilliant hate filled multi tentacled mutants inside, I've always thought they were really interesting and I, and I always wanted to see more of them. So that's one of the things I loved about this special is that so much of it was about that Dalek out of its, out of its armor and it gets along fine. Thank you very much. Uh, the armor is practically an afterthought. It does need its weapon. But uh, yeah, so part of the way we've gotten around that in this episode is to introduce a new kind of dialect. So I was wondering what you guys thought about that. Mm. Clarence, why don't you take that and then I'll wrap that one. Uh, I, thought the, I thought the scout Dalek was pretty freaking cool. Um, yeah. and, and to Lee's point, Showing how competent it was, you know, without its shell, without its casing, I think was a really different spin. Uh, and, 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 you know, I feel like we had the Dalek the whole episode, but I never saw the Dalek that much, you know, even, even the slimy creature Dalek, not the yeah. shell itself. Um, uh, I love the way we still had the, the Dalek the whole episode, but we rarely saw it where it was, you know, controlling uh this character uh throughout the episode uh, and i i loved i loved that i thought that was like one of the coolest representations of the dalek that i've ever seen and you know i could i could imagine an episode or or two where we see you know the daleks just say we don't really need these casings and they just <laughs> go and take over people and you know, I, I just like that for some reason yeah, i thought it was really cool i'll, I'll go one step further I wish that they had not have used that concept on a Dalek and actually have used that as another type of villain, a new villain that is, you know, you, where you don't have to go back and forth and say, oh, well, sometime we'll have it inside the casing and not. I liked it so much with the way it had wrapped around and possessed the person that it was like that would have been a really cool new villain to have created. But I am totally on board on having, you know, that new aspect or different aspect of the Dalek. I want to go ahead. I I think the history here of the the Dalek help helps this to sells this to me a little bit more. Uh, Uh, It it made the fact that uh, it was consuming this, this woman a little more fierce and a little more scary um, from like Lee mentioned, the voice over, uh, the, the simultaneous voices of the Dalek and, and uh, Lynn at the same time, uh, was really cool. And, uh, without that, we wouldn't have got that cool scene of the reverse of, uh, the woman that fell to earth 
when the doctor was having her MacGyver moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> we get to see Lynn and the Dalek have their MacGyver moment, which I thought was awesome. I was like, yes, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although another one of those social media things, many people have said, now, wait a minute, where the hell did she find whatever those are MX missiles that she's got? <laughs> they were in the warehouse. What are, At the form? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> So what did you think of the spare, as I'm calling it, the spare parts Dalek? Did you like the look? And if so, tell me what you did or didn't like. I like everything about it. And that's, uh, I, I, Kyle and I want a pating and we want a spare parts Dalek. Dalek. We want the spare parts <laughs> Dalek, yes. I love I really, it. that's. I, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's now my favorite Dalek design of all time. I just... I really think for all the, 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 the moaning that people have been doing about Chris Chibnall not being able to, to write Doctor Who, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously I'm, I've, I've been a fan of these stories up until now. And I really think he hit this one out of the park because it's not only everything that he's been doing so far, but he's also done a, a real service to classic Who because my problem with the Daleks has always been that they become a joke. They're not, they're not scary. If they'll stand there and talk to you when their one and only job is to kill everybody who isn't them, then I, I, I think that blunts them completely. And if they can get wrapped up into conversations with the doctor who is pulling a trick on them, then they're stupid. And they're not scary if they're stupid. So what I always think is fascinating about them is that when we see them, well, as, as RTD gave us, when we see them by the battalions, when we see thousands of them, that's scary. And I think this is a really scary Dalek. I think what Chris Chibnall's done is he's made the Dalek scary again. They're scary when they're out of their shell. This one can make a shell that works like any of the others. And that and that thing is scary, too. And you'll notice that when the soldiers showed up, this is what I've always wondered why we don't see Daleks do. It got surrounded by shoulders, and then the Dalek just calmly killed all of them. And I thought, now that's a Dalek. <laughs> that's what I would think Daleks would do. <laughs> and wow, you know. I just I just thought it was great. So, Clarence, what did you think of the look? Did you like it? Uh, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was really cool. Again, I, it it allowed us to have that great MacGyver moment, and <laughs> and um, you know, I thought for maybe the rockets were a bit too much, but <laughs> what we got from what you think would be in some, you know mechanic shop on a farm or something. I don't know. I, I think it was pretty cool, and uh, it felt very original. So I really, really liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was original. I liked the fact that it was different, but yet it was uh, still true to what the Dalek is. And for any of the people who were thinking, oh, well, they've reinvented the Daleks. No, we did not see a fleet of Daleks looking like this in story, a mutant squid Dalek creature built out of spare parts, a casing mm-hmm. that there's no other Dalek going to look like that. So no, they did not redesign the Daleks. So, um, but I will say this. One of my favorite lines of this uh, episode was when the doctor says, Oh mate, I'm the doctor ring any bells. Yeah. And then it was, goes into exterminate. That was like my, Ooh, I really love this moment of the episode. Yeah. So, but there was one thing I didn't like. So, you know, I've, I've been positive, you know, I was really, you know, on a roll here into 2019, but there was one thing I just (laughs) did not like 
the UK security helpline. Get me Kate Stewart. What did you guys think about unit being shut down due to financial reasons? Quote unquote. Mm. Was that a Brexit thing? I don't. Well, they're, they're, yeah, they're supposed to be an international body. So yeah, in the UK, a lot of people got the joke immediately. This is a Brexit joke. Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> See, I took it as a Brexit joke slash uh, Donald Trump joke hmm. because it said um, – and the reason I say that is the woman at the helpline said unit operations has been suspended for review due, due to financial disputes with, with and withdrawals by U.K. partners. And you didn't say by the U.K. withdrawal, but you said – financial disputes and withdrawals by UK partner. So mm-hmm. that was the line that made me think you're taking a, you know, stab at Trump. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I didn't see that at all. Cause in the past unit headquarters have always been in Geneva. True. Uh, and, true uh, good point. So I just figured that's Switzerland saying, yeah, well, <laughs> this guy, you, a door closes on both sides, people. So, ah, I wonder then, could that mean that just the UK branch of unit got ch- shut down? Uh, that's true. Hmm. You see, I liked it better when it was the United Nations <laughs> Intelligence Task Force. <laughs> yeah. So. so that was the only thing, you know, that, you know, I just wanted to make a mention of that. So let's kind of, uh, <laughs> um, get on up to the point to where the Dalek and the doctor and the fam have the confrontation. What did you guys think about Sliding into home base, uh, as I'll call it, uh, to d- distract and destroy the doctor. What did you guys think of that whole interaction with everyone kind of destroying the casing? Thoughts about that? And Clarence, I'll let you take that first. Uh, it was a bit unbelievable, but you know, <laughs> let's just go, let's rush them, let's rush them. Um, but you know, the Dalek, so, um, but greatest enemy. Uh, greatest foe, I guess, is the doctor. So, of course, you know, these are just humans over here. I don't care about them, but I need to I need to focus my attention on the doctor. So maybe in that sense, it is a little believable. But the fact that it would just stand there while they just grab him felt weird. But I guess in hindsight, he actually left the the, the casing to jump on Aaron, I guess. I don't know. Good point. Lee, what about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's... It, it's part of why I always have trouble taking the Daleks seriously, that for years and years they were defeated by a staircase, you know, and now we've conquered <laughs> that problem. We can see them fly, you know, but um, and they even used to joke about it on the show, you know, <laughs> but uh, about the fact that the Daleks couldn't get up off the floor. And uh, but it has always been a problem in their design that you can also defeat them by getting behind them. So, you know, oh, wow. which is which is also dumb. So it's not it, new. <laughs> No. So, yeah. So, so, you know, the ultimate killing machine, right? Or I can just stand here. (laughs) So, so they did it again. They, they, they defeated the Dalek by getting behind it and then just, (sighs) (laughs) the show is hopelessly saddled with these things. There's nothing we can do about it. I think Chibnall did the best job that he could with it, but I think that the plot convenience of having Aaron lugging a microwave around for the whole episode just so we can melt the Dalek with the the, uh, the cyclotron from the the microwave is that as a, as a screenwriter that made me say ouch yeah mm. so, now oh, that's uh, yeah. now 
And then in the episode, Dalek um, doesn't. Can't, isn't there a problem issue with touching the Dalek? Isn't that not allowed? Mm. Well, this was this was a, a home built. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. I I don't know if that makes a difference or not, but yeah, um, we've seen what happens when you touch the Dalek casing. Yeah, because you're right, Clarence. It did have the transference that woke the Dalek back up with Rose. But then on the flip of that, we see them push Daleks around, uh, or we will see them push Daleks around in an upcoming episode that we have not reviewed yet. So it's, oh, <laughs> I guess it's just, uh, plot, yeah. uh, plot convenience. Uh, right. I was going to say they pushed around the very first Daleks we ever saw. Indeed so, they did. <laughs> uh, but, uh, way back in 1963, but where, where they figured out that you can get, you can beat them by getting behind them. But so let's, <laughs> let's get into the, uh, point to where the Dalek has possessed Aaron and we're trying to take the Dalek and basically get it sucked into it. What was it? A supernova? Was that what it was? I think supernova. I kind of missed that, but, uh, yeah. Well, sucked out into space. How about yeah, that? exactly. Yeah. And, and certainly it's going to be destroyed when it's, yeah. Did we think that Aaron was going to be taken with the Dalek? Did we think Aaron was not going to survive? What did you guys think? I really did. And I wondered if, if the doctor was going to let it happen. And, and that was very tense. I, I really wondered if she was going to let it happen. Uh, and I like the solution of Ryan risking his own life to to save him instead i really like that a lot so what about you clarence what did you think it did it did put the doctor in quite an impossible position uh which i love the tension there yeah um you know from this whole episode we see where aaron comes in as maybe sort of the bad guy in the beginning but by the end you know he's part of the extended fam or whatever and um yeah, that moment and the moment when Ryan tells him about him leaving, I thought <laughs> were two very uh, man tier moments. Uh, <laughs> had me, uh, you know, uh, not crying, but definitely, definitely was very heartfelt moments uh, there. And just the thought of him having to witness his father being sucked into space. Wow, <laughs> that would have been intense, and it was very intense. Uh, but I, I do feel like it made for a very dramatic moment there at the end, where Ryan is saying, "Uh-uh, you know, uh, you may have done some bad things, but you're still my dad, and you're still me, me dad, and I'm gonna do everything I can to to save you because we are reconnecting, and I'm I'm willing to start over uh, because you know uh, we're still breathing." <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> you, you know, this is an example of one of the times where I wish I did not know as much of the news and things of going on and ins and outs of Doctor Who, because I would love to have at this point not known that all three companions were coming back for Series 12, because mm. I think you would have had a lot more anxiety uh, for the episode or that particular scene, because for there was for one minute, I wondered, and before I remembered, oh yeah, he's coming back for series 12 was not only would Aaron be sucked out, but would we also lose Ryan as well? Would they both go, you know, but obviously that didn't happen. And, 
you know, Lee, I was listening the other day to one of our previous episodes review of this season, and you had made a comment about being happy that they, and I think it was the review of Kerblam, that you made a comment about being happy that they made a reference to dyspraxia. And I really thought that was cool when he says, not bad for a kid with dyspraxia, right? That was cool. And it, and it kind of buttons up the whole series. There were a lot of kind of open questions that got answered in this episode. And I think it's, it's cool that it's called resolution in a way that was, I, I mean, I, I, I assume that's one of the reasons why it's called resolution is because a lot of those things got kind of, uh, closed off and got some questions answered. So we see, you know, of course they defeat the Dalek and, they come back to Earth and we see the interaction with Aaron and they even ask Aaron, does he want to go? And of course he says no. And then they're about to get back into the TARDIS. And again, another line that I really, really liked. They said, where to next? And the doctor says everywhere. And to, that to me, that was a throwback to um, the 11th doctor, which I thought was really, really cool. So guys, are you ready to give our final rating our one to five rating are you ready to do that or do you have anything that you had that we have not covered i, I wanted to mention that i i liked all the touches of humor i, I think i i can imagine why some people might not <laughs> but um but i i liked you know the the wi-fi is down what are we gonna do um <laughs> conversation <laughs> no what uh, I, I like that I liked it. <laughs> they yeah. were heavy. They were heavy handed, but I liked them. I liked the doctor saying, if I can remember how long a rail is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, just a little things like that. No, I, I, I liked the call center that you, you can't get to unit because they're just not there. I just, uh, so, you know, I, I thought they broke the tension up nicely. Mm. What about you, Clarence? Anything else? I'll just come in on those two moments that, uh, Lee just mentioned. I don't know if I love them. Um, uh, they were interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I don't. It, it seemed like to me they were just meant to make the episode longer in some some parts. I don't well, know. That, maybe that, so. Because yeah. so. the episode was almost exactly sixty minutes. So I don't know. It was it was interesting. It was fun. It was fun. funny. Pat. <laughs> mm. So I I'll comment also on the um, while I did not like the unit reference, I think that was put in for the purpose of. Why didn't they contact unit? Why didn't they ask for help? So you had to explain it in some way. Now they could have easily have said, I tried to get into uh, talk to Kate Stewart and she was unavailable or she was off on a mission or et cetera and so forth. That I would have rather, I, but you know, if you want to make a Brexit joke, Hey, you, you, you know, you're in the UK all power to you. But, um, you know, I think they had to maybe are chose to not had to chose to make that reference. So there you go. Yeah. And I'll just add also, like there were a lot of good driving sequences, um, you know, out and about uh, in this episode, which I thought was, I thought was pretty cool how we kind of uh, got out of what I would consider a normal set and get out into the world in this episode a little bit. I really love that. And the, uh, I love the car sequence when the, the the cop stopped uh Lynn. I thought that was cool. Uh poor cop, but I still yeah. thought it was cool. That was scary uh, stuff. Yeah. And and they weren't holding back on killing folks in this episode, so <laughs> no, they were not. They did yeah. not. 
So they we're not playing. So if I were to guess what you guys would give, and I'm not going to guess because I'm going to ask you guys <laughs> to actually give it, Why but not? even though I do have a guess, um, what would your rating be for this particular episode, our one and our only new Doctor Who episode for 2019? Mm-hmm. What would it be, Clarence Brown? I'm going to give this episode a 4.5. Had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, I love, love, love the portrayal of a Dalek, Dalek outside of its shell and out and about and manipulating, you know, someone's mind. I thought that was very interesting. And, you know, we didn't mention it, but the battle of, of Lynn and also Aaron trying to, you know, be a little bit smarter out with the, uh, the Dalek as a Dalek is trying to control it, you know, trying to regain control. And the doctor is egging her on to, you know, you can do this. Just hold on. I thought that made for a, a lot of interesting moments and, and good conflict within Lynn uh, and also Aaron at the end. So I, I love that. I love that in this episode. OK, Mr. Shackleford, I'm going to go with a 4.75 just to be weird. Um and and to to Clarence's point, I, I I gotta say I love that stuff too, and I'm glad you brought it up because I I really loved the Doctor. As soon as we, it's clear that Lynn is free of the Dalek, the first thing she does is is reaffirm how heroic Lynn is that she has held on to herself for so long. And I just thought, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you for noticing that. <laughs> it's just fantastic. So yeah, I, I I would call it give this a five if it were not for the stupid microwave thing and. Um, <laughs> that's all and and just some of the improbability about uh the dialect pieces being buried 18 inches into the ground and then the people sit on it for a, a thousand years <laughs> really <laughs> okay uh, all right that's um what about you okay so i had guessed and i was 50 50 right and 50 wrong for you guys i guessed 4.5 for both of you. Actually, Lee, I thought you would have given a 4.5. And Clarence, I was obviously right that you gave a 4.5. I am giving it a 4.513. And I'm giving it the uh, 1.3, oh, of God. course, for the, uh, the 13th Doctor. Uh, I I didn't like the microwave. I didn't like the unit reference. Those were my own. And I did not like not having some type of sequence, whether it be a short sequence, whether it be some kind of sequence. I want to see the title of the episode and all that good stuff. So that may be all technical or whatever, but I am giving it a 4.513 because of that. What I loved about this episode was I wish, 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 and in some ways it really kind of is, but I wish this would have been the finale of the season because All these butterflies in my stomach or these thoughts that I keep going back and forth with of saying, oh, well, guys, I need you to help me fill this out. I can't put my finger on it, et cetera. All of that went away. That This was the perfect ending of Series 11 for me. It it tied everything up. It it made me look for Chapter 2 for this doctor and this set of companions, which I know we'll have to wait a while, but still, this was the perfect ending for me. And I'm changing it to a 5.713. So is, is, is that, because, is, is it what now? <laughs> I was thinking, is that because of the, the, the Dalek? 
Is that why you feel that way? No, it has nothing really to do with the Dalek. It felt like the story for these individual people. I, I, I felt like it, it had a beginning and it had an ending and it made me feel like I, I was happy with the story that I had seen. I, because I felt like at the end of the last episode that I was just left wanting and waiting. And obviously I was waiting for this episode. So yeah. And and don't, the only reason I even asked that, because I can see some people saying, oh, now it's Doctor Who. Now I'm in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got those villains. Yeah. We're back. <laughs> no, it really had nothing to do with the Dalek. Uh, even though I love the Dalek, it, it was more about I got my closure for the story that I wanted. So, Lee, I have to ask you uh, on your social media um, <laughs> research, <laughs> uh, what is the feedback, man, so far? Uh, a lot of people saying exactly what you just said. They're kind of punching the air and saying, now it's Doctor Who. Okay, I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait until the next steps. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but this season was so great. <laughs> so I want to mention real quick, speaking of social media, I want to mention really quick, we did a, or I did a poll in one of the Facebook groups that I am in and the rating was just the same as we do, you know, five out of five or, you know, one out of five or a rating, uh, in general. And it looks like on the ratings, there were two people that gave it five out of five. There were four Six people, excuse me, they gave it four out of five and one person gave it one out of five. So that's a interesting um, take. So it's kind of almost going right along with what we're saying. So there you go. All right. Well, guys, I think it's time to wrap up. So I'll start with you, Mr. Shackelford. Where might people find you if they want to find other things you're working on? Can you can you hear the sound? Can you hear that? Can you? I can hear it's it. subtle. You hear it? That's me rifling through the pages of the next 10 episodes of Relativity. Wow. Yes. Yes. I'm not ready to share this script with anybody else because I'm still polishing and tweaking. But, um, yeah, we're about ready to start recording these again because I've got nothing else to do. And um, (laughs) sorry, that was some sarcasm for the guys who know how busy I am. But um, but I'm still but I'm going to do this. Uh, so a lot of, lot of lines in it for, uh, character Marcus, if, uh, Clarence is up for it. Yes. So uh, excellent. Really? But yeah, so people who want to know more about that can go to relativitypodcast.com where I'm now encouraging people to jump on board at episode 21. Just ignore everything before that. Just 21. Mm. Anyway. Well, here's the only thing that I ask of you. Whatever you do, no matter how much money you have to pay, you have to get the computer back because Nadia must return. Oh, no problem about that. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Because otherwise, I won't be listening. Yeah, who cares? (laughs) Yeah. Who cares about Marcus? Who cares about Chris? Nadia has to return. No problem. Cool. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just add, like, if you're not a Patreon and following... Um, these, these, uh, short, um, relativity episodes that 
that uh, Lee is putting out, uh, you really need to because you might be missing some good stuff because it's been really good to fill in the gaps and, you know, give a little added backstory uh, to the season. Um, Just the last one that will be coming out pretty soon here. You guys, uh, man, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Cool. So, Mr. Brown, where else might you be found on them, their internets? You know, on these there internets, uh, if you're into Star Trek, uh, particularly Star Trek Discovery, uh, you should definitely check out, uh, my, our other podcast, which is Discussing Trek, which can be found at discussingtrek.com, where in the latest episode, I review Fear Itself, the third Star Trek Discovery novel written by James Swallow. Very good, uh, ep- ep- excuse me, very good <laughs> book featuring um saru and yeah you should definitely check out that review if i can talk (laughs) good deal well anybody that is listening we would also invite you to check out our other podcast which is called discussing comics and that can be found at discussingcomics.com or if you want to find all of them check out discussingnetwork.com so this is officially our first episode of 2019. Gentlemen, as always, it is a pleasure. I appreciate both of your time, both of your energies, both of your input, uh, more than you will ever know. But what I might appreciate just a tad bit more is everyone who has subscribed to this podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for going on the journey with us. We've got a lot in store for 2019, so we can't wait to share it with you. So with that, I think the best thing to say is we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?